Hello, welcome to another podcast as part of the Diversity Conversation. I have the pleasure to be in a conversation with Valit Musa today. Uh, Valit is an alumnus of our MSc in Human Resource Management here at Leeds University Business School. The conversation with Valit is in support of Refugee Week and World Refugee Day. It is really to celebrate and spotlight all of the contributions refugees make to our community here in the UK and internationally. Our conversation will give us an opportunity to reflect on the ongoing challenges refugees and asylum seekers face also, and we hear about Valid's experience both in the UK but also here at Leeds University Business School. So, welcome Valid. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Edgar, for having me today. Thank you. Maybe we can start by telling our listeners a little bit more about you and what you have done since you have arrived here in the UK and how we come to talk to one another. Yeah, um, actually, I came to the UK in 2016. I I was in Birmingham. I have completed my um, master's in international education there. And in 2018, I moved to Leeds and I started um, volunteering for a charity called RITAS, uh, which stands for Refugee Education Training Advice Service. And it's a, a supported a supporting refugees uh, organization here in Leeds where, that is working with refugees and asylum seekers. And um, 2018, I have applied for the Sanctuary Scholarships um, at Leeds University. And um, thankfully, I got the scholarship and I completed my master's degree in human resource management at Leeds University Business School. Uh, after that, I started working with the same charity as a full-time employee. That was in 2020, the beginning of 2020. And now I'm working on two projects at the organization. The first one is the SRP project, Syrian Resettlement Program, which is focusing on Syrians who come to the UK through the EU uh, resettlement scheme. Um, mainly, I'm working with Syrians to help them to access ESOL and provide them with uh, employability support. And the other projects that I'm working on is a 28-day transition project, which is focusing on refugees who are recently got their uh, refugee status. And we help them to start their new life through opening bank accounts, apply for universal credit, um, following any housing issues with the council or with their landlord. Um, so basically, we try to make their life easier and we try to prepare them for the new life in the UK. So I think this is briefly what I am doing or what I have done. Yeah. Well, that sounds fascinating. Thank you, Valid. And I have so many questions. I know we want to talk about you, but maybe just as a slight detour, can you tell me a little bit more about what you think are some of the biggest challenges for some of our refugees that come to the UK, particularly sort of in light and the projects that you work, such as the 28 Days Transition Project? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest obstacles, actually, um, is the language. And uh, we can we can see this when when refugees come to to our place. Um, 
seeking support um, for, let's say, very simple issues. But because of the language barrier, they couldn't uh, make like a phone call to solve the problem or something like this. Um, so at, at first it comes the language and then after that um, um, involving or, or engaging with the UK labor market here. Um, it's a bit difficult for them in order to uh, start from the beginning and trying to, um, let's say, work with the UK system, a new system for them. They haven't, they haven't heard about it. They don't know how the system is working here at the UK. So I think those two can be considered as like the biggest issues for for, for refugees and asylum seekers. Um, also, um, I can add the, the, the point of um, social integration um, because most of them, uh, or I don't want to say most, let's say some of, of refugees, they feel like um, isolated a bit. And this is our role at our organization to give them the impression that they are not alone, they are not isolated. They can engage with, with the society here. And they have to engage because uh, it would get them much many benefits rather than being um, in your comfort zone, working or dealing with only your um, your own society, people who speak your own language, without opening new windows or new doors for you, for your new life here in the UK. Fantastic. I mean, shame to hear that some of these uh, challenges exist, but I'm so pleased to hear that there's provision for these. Can I ask about the labor market? I find that really interesting. And of course, I would find that interesting being part of my subject area in terms of the skills that they can deploy within that labor market. Do our refugees and asylum seekers have an opportunity to deploy their skills or can they often not do what they've done before they came to this country? Um, to be honest, regarding to to refugees' participation in the UK labor market, um, I I can see through my work through the last three years that some of them would suffer from um, work identity threats here in the UK. Uh, with, for example, someone who is who was working as a taxi driver for let's say for more than. 10 years in his in his country. And then when he moved to the UK, he needs to pass the theory test, practical test, which need uh, good English skills. For this reason, they consider going back to the same work they used to do in their home countries are very difficult. And, and, and in this situation, we've got many types of refugees some of them, they prefer to change the whole work and go to something that's suitable for them here rather than um, sticking with the, what they have been doing in their country before. Others, they preferred not to participate at all at, at the market, at the labor market, and prefer to stay at home because either they are afraid or they are worried to engage or they do not believe in their abilities or capabilities to do that. Uh, and others who try to restructuring their skills or working skills in order to be fit with, with the new environment here. 
and and the last the last group were people who try very 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 hard to 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 do all these things that are needed to to engage in the in the labor market here let's say um a doctor or some, or, or or an engineer or a teacher he will go through all the exams that need to be completed here in the UK till he reached to the level he can apply to jobs here as a, a British citizen. So dealing with those different, I call them mentalities, um, it's very interesting, but at the same time, you feel like I would like to support more or to give more support to people, but um, you try your best. But it, it, it's not always working as, as you you would like to or you dream that it will work. That is very interesting and really interesting insights around the different, as you say, or call them mentalities. And I'm sure we lose a lot of skill and a lot of um, passion in various roles and jobs by people not feeling confident and by the challenges around the integration. I think one, one final question around that area, maybe around your observations, whether there are clear gender differences and whether women are more likely to withdraw from the ambitions, whereas men might be a bit... Have you observed any differences there or does it not really shine through? Um, you mean in terms of... Uh, with How they engage with the labour market? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, through my observation, I feel like it depends on the, the, the culture or, or let's say the background of refugees who come to the UK. Some cultures... They 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 move to the UK and they give the chance to to all the members or the family members to engage into um, the, the the labor market here in the UK. Other cultures, um, they they stuck with the mentality that uh, it's the role of the man to find a work while the woman should stay at home. And and some examples you can find people who prefer to uh, to keep their wives at home even from accessing ESOL. They ask them not to access ESOL, uh, either because they are afraid of them from, from, from the society or they feel insecure or, or they feel like it's their responsibility rather than the female's responsibility. Uh, on the other side, you can find in different cultures or different societies um, that yeah no they they motivate they motivate their wives to go to the labor market they and actually they've got very good chances in different industries uh, to go through either let's say caring industry they can engage in industries that are suitable for women or women prefer to work in in such industries like this uh, for example the caring one that I mentioned so. Uh, Actually, it depends, as I mentioned before, it depends on, 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 on the culture that they, they brought with them. I mean, refugees brought with them, the background, uh, and also how refugees are looking to the host society, how they are looking at the UK and the labor market here in the UK. Thank you. Fascinating. Could spend another half an hour. But I would like to come back to the sanctuary scholarship that you mentioned. And I have a couple of questions here. One is maybe explain to our listeners what the sanctuary scholarship is, because not everyone may know. But 
for me, it would also be interesting to understand what it meant for you and your family to receive such a scholarship to complete the master's here at Leeds University Business School. So the Sanctuary Scholarship is um, is a scholarship that started at Leeds University in 2018, and um, I was one of the first three people who who have been selected for this scholarship, and um, it was. Um, an opportunity for people who um, do not have access to student funding here at the UK uh, to access university. Either, let's say, they couldn't uh, get a student loan or a maintenance loan. Um, So the scholarship was the window for them to access the university. Um, I have applied for, for the scholarship. I've been shortlisted for the interview and I cannot um, forget the day when I received uh, a call from university from the university congratulating me saying that you have been selected for for the scholarship and I still remember when I have uh, called my mom and dad and told them that I got the scholarship and they started crying because it was it was like a dream to getting enrolled were in a very well-known university and in a very well-known and respected faculty like Leeds Business School. Um, it was unforgettable memories or moments. And uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that achievement is still in my mind that it will not be forgetting at all. And what did it allow you to do that you possibly would have not been able to do without it so I know you it allowed you to study with us at the university but what do you think it enables you to do going forward so what what doors has it opened to you that you were able to study through the scholarship the scholarship was considered as as an open door for me to know a new world full of uh, academy and and um, students from around the world that helped me to refine my communication skills, my presenting skills. And if if I would like to look at the scholarship from a different side, I can say that it helped me for my um, future plans. So, I, for example, I'm still in, in contact with, with my um, teachers who taught me during my master's. And uh, I'm planning to go back to university to complete my PhD uh, at the same um, faculty leads business school. Um, so I think if 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 I would if I've been asked what what is the reason behind going back to Leeds University or no uh, people in academia industry, I would say yeah, Leeds Sanctuary Scholarship was the reason. Um, or was the the chance for me to get engaged with with this new award? And if I just probe that a little, do you think you could have not necessarily followed your ambitions or without that scholarship, or did it even introduce you to possibilities that you didn't consider before? Yeah, I can consider that the scholarship um, actually was the chance for both things. The first one is to... Uh, follow up my um, ambitions. So I was dreaming to complete my PhD uh, in in 
in my life, but I didn't know from where and when or how to start. And the scholarship put me in on on this, uh, let's say, the first step in this path uh, through introducing me to other people and give me the chance to know uh, people who are very experienced in this field and and from 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 this chance or from this first step um i had the guidance how to go through my future plans or how to start uh planning or how to start implementing um my plans for future uh, for this reason uh, as i mentioned that uh People who I knew through my journey at my master's degree uh, were uh, the supporters uh, for my plans to complete my um, PhD. Fantastic. That's, it's so inspiring to hear that, that these things can make such a big difference. I want to come back to the beginning of your journey into university, and I'd be really interested to hear a little bit more about the transition to university and particularly Leeds University Business School. And maybe whilst I want to hear more of these wonderful positive things, you can reflect on some of the challenges you have faced. Maybe tell us a little bit about some of the misconceptions some of your colleagues, maybe even staff have about refugees and how you have responded to that and how how, how that was for you. Yeah. Um... Maybe one one of the I don't want to consider it as as a challenge, but it was something um, I didn't expect to to see that when I was speaking with let's say with my colleagues at at class and when they knew that I am a refugee, they were like surprised because uh, uh, for some people the stereotype for refugees are, are the people who who come to the country, stay on benefit system. They do not follow their dreams. They do not prefer to go to education or work or or, or things like this. Um, that that thing, um, okay, it was uh, weird for me, but at the same time, it was a source of motivation to complete my journey and, uh, I, like, and keep telling myself that what I am doing now is it great? And if I pass it, I would be um, like achieve, or let's say, I think I would be in a very good position in the future. Um, for for this reason, I think this is one of the challenges that refugees face here in 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 the UK, which is a stereotype, and this stereotype spread among all communities. Um, that you cannot do something or you cannot do that. You cannot access education or it's a very long journey or it's not for us or uh, this is not our country or or things like this. Um, But I was very lucky to to access education at Leeds University because of the very, very supportive atmosphere that I found in Leeds Business School, Um, both from, from... the administration team from from teachers from students there um they were they were always there to to support all of us um there's no 
differences or discrimination between like a refugee or or a home student or someone from Europe. No, no, no. We are all students. We are all have the same rights, and we have um, and they are he, they are at the at the faculty to to advise us, to show us the ways that we can take, and to support us always and always. Um, f- for this reason, I, I felt like that. Yeah, the education journey was was. It was. It was. I, I can't say very easy, but it was uh, good. Good enough, and I was very satisfied with with that experience. Interesting to hear you talk about the stereotypes that individuals may have about who and what refugees are like, but also, and I think that is really fascinating, the stereotypes that refugees have about their own role within our society. Um, yeah. That is, that's really interesting. And I have to say, not something that I think many will necessarily have thought about. So having talked about the fact that, that people have stereotypes about what a refugee looks like or what they do or what they don't do when they come to the UK or whichever country they're seeking refugee status in. What do you think are some of the main gaps in knowledge and understanding about refugees? I believe that the main gaps that need to be taken into consideration is I can say the appreciation of refugees' skills and how the host society should be um, a sustainable source of motivation for refugees and asylum seekers um, here at the UK. Um, I believe if if we can, if we guarantee uh, an atmosphere that keeps telling refugees that they can do, or they can follow their dreams, or their dreams can um, become true. I think this main gap will be fulfilled and, and refugees will, will feel secured to, to go on, or at least they will feel that they are not alone um, at, at, the, at the host society or here at the UK. And, and, and also the gap uh, regarding to changing the mindset of, of refugees in the UK that we believe in your skills, we believe in your abilities, and we are here to refine these skills, to develop, improve, uh, promote these skills, and, and, and make you ready to participate or to get involved um, to this society or to, to the labor market here in the UK. Um, so these are the main two, two gaps, I, I think, we need to take them into consideration. Fantastic. Um, not fantastic that these are the gaps, but good to have an understanding of what they are. So let me follow with the theme of this year's Refugee Week is we cannot walk alone. Yeah. I believe based on a Martin Luther King uh, quote. So what are some of the things you think we as a business school, but also as global citizens can do to address some of the things you have just said. So how can we help? What can we do more of? What should we be doing more of? I believe I, w- I would start with with speaking from the side of the business school or a faculty at, at, at Leeds University. I think having continuous opening uh, open days that show 
people here in, in Leeds what opportunities are at, at Leeds Business School. Because, for example, for me, I didn't I didn't know that there there was a scholarship at, at Leeds University until I attended um, Open Day at university, and that was a completely unplanned thing. I just heard about it, and I just came to university through the charity I was volunteering for. Um, they 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 brought me to university. I attended Open Day, and when I sat with um, with people there at Leeds Business School, they they explained to me the opportunities that they have, and from from that open day, I applied for uh, the, the scholarship. For this reason, I think having events, more and more events like this, or accessing uh, refugee charities or refugee organization, refugee supporting organization here in Leeds, would give the chance for everyone who is uh, in the working or um, using, using the service in this industry to get to know that, yeah, there are opportunity to complete our study at Leeds University. From the side of the society, I think spreading or having events or spreading the idea that um, this is not a host society, this is your new home society, and you are not here as a guest, you are here as someone who is a part of this uh, society and we are here to help we are here to stand um next to you we we are always beside uh, by your side uh, i think having this idea having this impression for refugees and asylum seekers would give them the power or would encourage them to go through all their plans and believe that yeah we are not alone and the society is 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 um is on our back and they will protect us support us and provide us with all uh the needs we we are looking for um so yeah i i think this is one one of the things that society can do thank you i think the latter part is really important it seems a reframing of you're not here as a guest you're part of our society and you're part of us now and we want you to be part in your full authentic self. So I think there's lots to do around here, and particularly sort of the thing that you said earlier and around how we value their skills and contribution. And I I already have lots of ideas on how we might want to profile and highlight some of these skills and contributions that you're making. Thank you. So I think there's a real big call for action for us here to begin to think about how we can support you so that you don't walk alone. There are, of course, lots of fascinating things that that we could talk about, but are there one or two things that you think we we haven't talked about that we need to talk about? No, I think we we have covered um all, all the points that I I wanted to to talk about. So let me ask you one final question then. And that is very much about now that you have had this experience, now that you have been able to reflect on the experience as a refugee, but also the success, but also support other refugees in their coming to the UK and settling, what advice would you give fellow refugees? What do you wish someone would have actually told you 
So the advice that I would like to tell each and every refugee and asylum seeker here in the UK that once you arrive to the UK, you have the chance or the choice to choose whether you would like to stay at home and getting your benefits and keep your life without any new things and lock yourself in your comfort zone or follow your dreams and try to compete in, 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 in your new society and looking for people who can support you to achieve your dream or achieve your main goal, either educational goal or something related to employability. And I really hope that someone um, advised me this and uh, I really found people who motivated me that yeah, you can start a new thing here and achieve it and start a new life. Um, but it just needs time, needs encouragement and no time for demotivating. You should be always and always motivated. Thank you, Valid. I don't think there's much I can say to close this off any better, our conversation. And these are inspirational words. And hopefully we as a business school, but also as individuals within Leeds University, we can be some of these motivating individuals and supportive individuals. Again, thank you very much for your time, for your openness and for sharing your experience with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, as well for having me today. Thank you. <laughs>